Hall of Fame broadcaster Marty Brenneman here, and he's the best storyteller in the game, and it's time to sit back, relax, and have some laughs. Welcome to the Mayor's Office, and here's your host, Sean Casey. Boom, Chitch, we're back at it, brother. I know, I'm tripping out. I'm tripping out, man. I'm fanning out. It's funny, yeah, this you is- know, we work in sports, you know, and, and you try to kind of get away. I have watched more of what this man has done over the last five years than I've watched Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Clayton Kershaw combined. And if you told me as Italiano real quick that, okay, you have a choice of this guy, De Niro Pacino, to have on our show, I'm picking this guy, Sean. I really am. I'm not kidding. That's high praise because Chinchamino is your last name. And I know, you know, you've got the Italian connection. But let's, this guy, listen, this guy's kind of a jack of all trades. Like, uh, he's a chef. TV star, comedian, which I love too, did some stand-up, um, loves being from Chicago, which if you're from Chicago, you would love being from Chicago if you're born <laughs> and raised there. Has a podcast that he's going to do after this show called Come On Over with his sister Emily. I'm gonna interested to see how that goes, if they ever butt heads on that one. Also has <laughs> an unbelievable cookbook with the same name called Come On Over, host of the Food Network show The Kitchen, which I was on, Chinch, a few yes. years ago, and it was awesome. We had an absolute blast. So much fun. Um, he was, he was, he won season seven of the Food Network star, which is big time. A lot, most people know him as a sandwich king, but I kind of feel like he's going in the direction of higher, greater things. Yes. Let's bring in our buddy, Jeff Morrow. What's up, Jeff? How you doing, brother? Fellas, hello, Sean. Nice to see you again man yeah last time we were on set outside in jersey uh talking to yes. jam i forgot what we made what did we dude a, that we, we made waffle wa- no waffles and chicken chicken huh. and waffles chicken and waffles. <laughs> sean goes waffles and chicken nobody says it like that that's right that's Same right thing right here he's a rebel <laughs> wait hey but a, a, about a week ago you made uh the five-way chili uh, a few weeks ago on uh yeah. the kitchen right that's cincy case right oh, that's a Cincinnati. oh god yeah. i love it man right on the spaghetti on the sketty with the oh, little oh. bit of warm spice in that chili and it's like a thin oh. you know it's a, a a tighter uh not it's not chunky you know it's a finer grind oh it's so good with, with like 16 pounds of cheese You're like hey yeah. get the five pounds of cheese on there you yeah. know and the, and the bean and in cincinnati when they beat it with the beans the um the beans and the uh the onions call it the five way at skyline Skyline Chili and, and my oh. co-host Katie Lee is from she worked at Skyline as a kid. Oh. So she knows yes. the, all the rates. So she <laughs> she brought that 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 recipe to us and it's I guess it was a covert operation. <laughs> she broke some international laws, but you know, we figured it out and it's it really is a special, special thing that on paper, if you handed me the menu description of such a dish, I'd be like, I don't want this. <laughs> Chili. I don't need some of spaghetti, you know. But for me, man, you take that bite with that mound of finely shredded cheese. I mean, you can asphyxiate on the cheese if you breathe in too hard when you take your bite. You know, it's so snowy and frothy on top. It's not like your average chili cheese. I mean, it's it's almost. Like the hairs of an angel. (laughs) No, it really, it really is. And that show, what we did last time when we did the. Chicken and waffles, right? Is that what they yeah. is? It chicken? <laughs> Not the waffles and chicken. Animal. So, what? And we were we were promoting like ballparks too. Like what? What? You know, it's because some of the ballparks nowadays are like kind of next level. Like, so what would you eat when you'd go to White Sox games growing up? What was your what was your um your go to? 
Oh, I, I do the Holy Trinity. And I, we just talked about this last week on our podcast. My sister Emily and her uh, uh, love of her life boyfriend, living boyfriend, Michael <laughs> Savage. Uh, we call him Michael Savage because he only wears Savage cologne. <laughs> this is cool. Sorry, he wears Savage Noir, the new one. Or Elixir. Sorry, the Elixir. And that was like pre-Johnny Depp trial, too. So he's like a freaking pioneer. This guy, this guy calls shots from a mile away. He's going up. He owns like a thousand shares of Savage Elixir. No, so they went to the Cubs game. And, you know, she's they're young. They're, you know, they're having fun. They're doing things. But she, she hit the nail on the head. You get a hot dog. Plain hot dog steamed, wrapped in the foil from the box, from the guy from the vendor not the not the upstairs or not the not the yes the, the guy that's okay. walking around saying hot dogs here hot Sitting dogs there, here steaming yeah oh <laughs> you put in your mouth then you get done with that because that's like a sneeze right and it's gone <laughs> then you do a hot pretzel but at the same time you get the hot pretzel with plenty of you got to get the mustard too okay but then you get the nachos with the cheese and the jalapenos mm. on there ooh, and then you ooh, eat, yes so you got the dunk in the cheese but you also have the option <laughs> For the yellow ballpark mustard, but with the jalapeno, slow you down a little bit, and you get the soft, and you get the crunchy from the chips, the soft from the pretzel, right? The duality of texture. You watch. Who cares what what game? Single A, double A, triple. Who cares? It could be, you know, pee ball with children that are blindfolded and just quite frankly asshole children, and you would still be happy eating that. With about how many half cold bears? How many? How many dogs? How many are you gonna finish finish off in a nine inning game? I'm gonna do one, unless it's like a dollar hot dog night, you know, at the <laughs> at the local, uh, you know, uh, yes. uh, minor league park. But <laughs> I would, uh, if you're gonna eat all three of those, you you definitely plus have you know three to four beers, giant beers. You're gonna have to pace yourself, but you always are left wanting more of a hot dog at a ballpark. Because if you do get it from the seat, it's less calories because you're not putting <laughs> right. things on it. Right. Like right. you're not home. Oh, you're getting the onion and the cheese upgrade, you know, the chili upgrade. They can't upgrade your chili, the vendor. They don't got a chili dispenser <laughs> right. in that in that right. thing, that container of them. But that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> that guy would oh make God. a kill a chili. Every, you don't get stuck, too, and it's like squirts all right. over the place. And then you got to hand it down to eight different people before oh, it gets to your right. seat. It's like a finger in your chili. <laughs> 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 oh my god dude so we're yeah, off like we're like off your, it's like your buddy todd's communal dip he brings to the party at 1 30 in the morning where everybody's at least six to nine swipes <laughs> things in there pretzel rod sticking out of it <laughs> chili's gonna be like everybody's gonna have a dip amazing oh my god Oh my God, so good, dude! What about you? What about you as a kid? Like, cause I love, I love you're talking about the dogs and what you're eating at the game. Like, you know, we were talking earlier. Like, you know, when people are from Chicago, you never know which way to go. Like, are you a Cubs fan? Are you a White Sox fan? So, what were you growing up? Oh, I was a diehard Sox fan. My my whole family were Sox fans. That's all. My, my dad would only bring us to Comiskey. Um, my dad is from the Taylor street neighborhood, which skews South, you know, it's ne definitely not a North side neighborhood. It's more of a near West side neighborhood, but it's closer to Bridgeport and Chinatown and all that closer to Sox park. And so we just grew up with, with a love of socks. And I came up like right in my formative years, uh, when Frank top, right. You know, Frank Thomas era, 
Yes. Um, and Ozzy Gein and all that. And I was like obsessed. And that was like, for me, I mean, this is kids got baseball cards. You got the Beckett, you traded the cards, you, you, you know, you watch stats, you opened up the paper and you saw the, the, you know, the articles every morning. So I was really into it. And then, you know, I don't know what happened either. I, either I, you know, just lost the love of the, of, of spectating, you know, the game, or I, I, I'm liking it to do discovering, you know, a girl's rock and roll and, uh, uh, you know, the, you away. the devil's lettuce. The girls were like, I like girls, but like, not that they like me back and I was too busy dating girls. <laughs> no, but I got to say one thing there that, that, and give you credit for this and, and not to be too serious, but you know, when we were kids growing up, like being little boys, nobody really talks about little boys. It, it wasn't that easy. Cause it's like, Oh, you got to play sports or you got to, you know, you got to be the linebacker on a football team. That's how you get girls. And I got to give you credit and people like you, GZ, all those folks, like you can be a 10 year old kid right now and aspire to be like Jeff Morrow, just as much as we all tried to aspire to be like Ken Griffey Jr. and stuff like yeah. that, you know, oh, which is cool. A, it is. Well, there's, you know, it's ath- athletics is not the only way to get attention as a kid anymore. And right. I think I discovered <laughs> that not to like slight yeah. it. It's an amazing. No, way it's true. Like, it's know, true. Carve a name for yourself in any yeah. program and any, any school and any level of education, right? You're, you're a student athlete, whatever. It's great. But I, I never, I was never, I didn't like running. I didn't like moving, you know? And I was like, oh my God, it's like the mile run. Once a week, Coach Gray would make us do the mile run in gym class. And it was like, I couldn't sleep. Like, I'm, it's not like because I was like nervous to do good. It was like, I don't want to move. I don't want to run because I was always chubs, chubs, you know? Right. So things were moving and like, you know, I couldn't take off my shirt at public swim, things of this nature. Like, so I was very nervous just to do this run. So I discovered very early that once I can kind of translate how to work a room or be a class clown in, in yeah. translate that to the stage, I was like, okay, this is my sport theater yeah. comedy. And I just, my parents, much like most parents, like my old man, you might think on paper, if you saw him would be, you know, why is, I wish my son was a football player. He's six foot something. You know what I mean? He's a big guy. Why isn't he playing football? Why isn't he playing? Dang, my son's good. But no, he loved that I was in the performing arts and my parents supported it from the first day I, I had any inkling that this is something I might want to do. Hey, can you go back for a second? Because the only reason you, when you say this, I was kind of that kid too. I was like, Kind of a chunky guy for a few years. I remember going to parties. I'd be like, tell my buddy to push me. I'm like, push me in the pool with my shirt on. I'm like, can you push me in really quick? Uh, oh, <laughs> that's a good move, oh, man. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm like, I, my buddy Mike Junk. I'm like, Junk, push me in. He's like, why? I'm like, because the girl, everyone's here, the sixth grade girls. I was like, if you push me, in, I'll be like, oh, Junk goes an asshole. He pushed me in, but I got my shirt on in the pool. Uh-huh. But, but, but I do remember, though, like, I do remember, like it, like if it, it did affect me sometimes, you know, because your buddies, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, guys are calling me a lard ass sometimes, or and 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 it, it affected me even in baseball, like because I I wasn't the fastest guy ever, I didn't run that great or whatever, I didn't look like the total athlete on the field, but like. It's, it's, uh, there were times I kind of put the chip on my shoulder. Like, I don't know if it was the, it was the point of I'll show you, you know what I mean? Or, or, yeah. or man, I'm going to work harder or whatever it is. Do you think that like, like growing up as maybe the chunky kid, I know for me, it did, it definitely impacted me. And I'm, I don't want, I don't say maybe it still does this day about staying in shape and stuff, but do you think it impacted you about how you became such a success later on that that was part of it? 
Yeah, I mean it's it's twofold. Number one, right? You 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 spend even a young adult years in my twenties, even after I won Food Network Star eleven years ago. I mean, I've I've had moments of quite like I look at pictures of myself and I'm like, I don't ever want to be there again. And I didn't never liked what I saw on the screen. So that motivates me, right? That just I don't ever right. want to be the chubby kid again. But also, you know, kids that have that adversity or get bullied because they are different yeah. or chubby, whatever you're being bullied for being different for uh, me, my, instead of fighting, which I cannot, I was comfortable fight. Like I was fine. And I happen to have some size and strength to me. So I didn't like, it never went to, like, but to diffuse situations, I always, you know, reached into a bag of humor, you know? And that was my, <laughs> that was my superpower. And I was like, I can diffuse the situation because yeah. I'm always, you know, my goal is to be the funniest one in this room and you get more people on your side and then nobody bothers you anymore, you yeah. know? So I think that is a lot of people that are comedians, comedy writers, stand-up, sketch comedians, whatever, have these kind of, these traumas in their, yeah. in their pack. Where They've all been fired up about it. Like David Spade, uh, yeah. I've heard a lot of the guys talking ever since the whole Will Smith incident. Like part, a lot of their comedy came from, I don't want to either, I don't want to get my ass kicked or I want to be more, have better friends and stuff. And, it kind of does. It, it does mold you in a certain way, huh? Yeah. And, and like, I come from a big family too. I mean, there's four children, my parents in, in this was my way, I guess, of getting my moments at the dinner table was not to make my sisters cry. Like my older brother, not to cry <laughs> like my sisters, but to like, you know, break the ice and, and be the funny one. Cause I, it was a no brainer for me. I mean, I got people to laugh and that made me feel good. And, it made people feel good by laughing. So it's like, we're my brother, you know, <laughs> felt really great pounding on us. Really <laughs> <laughs> nodding next yeah. to me. She's like, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's funny when I look back, like my whole, like the mayor persona and all that stuff. I think back to those years of like, I honestly think I found ways to like be nice to everybody so that no one would not be nice to me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, if I just kill everybody with kindness, even the kids that are kind of bullying me or telling me I'm fat and all this stuff, if I go at them with kindness, then hey, the free, who doesn't want to be treated right? You know what I mean? So it's funny when I look back and I think, dude, I think those years of being a little heavier as a kid, no doubt shaped me, you know, moving forward. You know, it's so funny. Well, it's also too, as you were a first baseman, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, when I played whatever ball as a kid, I was always first base. I won with my dad was, and we always had a good reach. And, you know, I think he taught us to be, it was, it was always my favorite position because of the, you know, obviously limited running a, it was kind of great B, but (laughs) you're like, you're like the MC of the offense, right? You're like the MC (laughs) of the, of the whole game, right? (laughs) If you get on base, you're lucky. You get to talk to me. Right. And now I get to exchange with either throw you off with the joke or make you comfortable, which I think throws you off. I don't know. There's a science in, you know, I know that you're probably the best of all time. (laughs) I don't know. Did you have like a a, a bag of like 12 things or did you like do research? Like a little, did you pre-interview do background checks on the new up and comers like this guy? I know I'm scared of spiders and his mom's ugly. I'm going to work him. 
It's funny you say that because I think there was a there was a method to the madness over there at first. Like, you know, it, it, you'd see if guys got there. I remember the first one of the worst conversations I ever had was a guy named Milton. Remember Milton Bradley? Yeah, just kind of like an angry, yeah. angry. You know, what I mean, he gets his first knock in Montreal, and they they put it on the board. Fred, I'm like, hey man, way to swing it! Congratulations, you'll always remember your first one, blah blah. And he didn't say a word to me, and I was I wanted to be like, oh yeah, and then I wanted to like kind of like shoot, him, hit him with the stunner or something. You know, like, <laughs> hey. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean you're not going to respond back to me? But it's so funny looking back. Like, one time we, I was holding on Henry Rodriguez. Um, remember him? Oh, oh, Henry, he was with the Montreal Expos. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it was my rookie year in 98. I'm holding him on, Jeff. And this guy, Ron Valone's on the mound, left hand pitcher, the big rig. I'd just been called to the big leagues. I'm third week, three weeks up there. And uh, uh, Henry Rodriguez gets a hit. And back in the day when he used to homer in Montreal, they would pelt them with oh henry bars yeah. like they would just come flooding onto the field olympic stadium right so i'm holding them on and, and i'm thinking to myself bro it, it, i don't know if i'm gonna be here much longer like i can't believe i'm in the big leagues like they're probably gonna send me down soon so i gotta get as many good conversations in as possible <laughs> so i'm i'm holding on henry rodriguez he gets his lead and i remember i remember saying to him hey henry man really that's really cool when you homer in montreal and they throw those oh henry bars you know on the field and 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 at at the moment i say that he turns to me he's like hey thanks a lot man right when he turns to me ron below the lefty step off pick over yeah, I, I swear to god i felt so bad i catch it and he's still looking at me i'm like dude i'm so sorry i'm like i, have, I don't even know what the hell i'm doing up here i was like you're out but my bad good touch it oh henry tell me Tough shit, yeah. I bet he, yeah, I bet he, he's not posting a podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, he's not posting a podcast. Yeah, he's not listening either. You know what I mean? God, so mad at you, oh, dude. Dude, so when you Jeff, when you go back and you look at obviously where you are now is amazing. But the beginning of your journey when you go to you graduate from Bradley University and then after that you immediately open up a deli right with your cousin. Is that is yeah. that true? Isn't so how did? most people do with you know, <laughs> i was gonna say is that what most my wife's do with? uncle had a deli for 13 years it's amazing it was the biggest thing when I, I got to spend the last two years before he sold it being part of that family that owned wow. a deli and it was i miss it they all miss it it was like the greatest thing in the world right oh it's a magical place you know and that solidified my my love for sandwiches obviously and that's to me like the deli case the deli counter Right. It's like yeah. it's, it's a stage, right? You slice the meat, you give them the first slice, you interact with the person, but you're still cooking. You're making everything back there all day. It's still food. It's creation. It's creative. But you have those one on one, you know, interactions that just trying to make someone's day better with, you know, one slice at a time. <laughs> one slice I'm going to write that time. down. That is good. I'm writing it down. One, so one pitch at a time, one slice yeah, at a time. It's so great. Time, the Jeff Morrow <laughs> memoir expose. <laughs> what were you went back then when you were when you were had your own deli? What was your go to sandwich? To, like, what were you known for a sandwich at that time? We had um, we call it the roast beef lover, uh, <laughs> which is like rare roast beef, right? Good rare roast beef, perfectly oh. sliced thin, no resistance. You take a, a fresh onion roll. You slather it in butter and you griddle it, just the insides, right? Until it's golden brown. And then a beautiful, like this aged, aged black wax cheddar, right? Real funky, one slice of that, just enough, right? To feel it. And then you put on there crispy onions, 
then a couple pickles, and then a homemade creamy horseradish sauce. Oh it's a very simple sandwich. But, like, you take a bite of that, and it's like, oh, you know, like, this is what an Arby sandwich is supposed to taste of, like <laughs> the last 40 years when I was alone in my car eating five for five. Five for five, yeah. Five for five. <laughs> You always, the key to five for five is you you pick your skinniest friend and you go and you split five for five with him. That was my buddy Matt Lacrome, and he'd only eat one, which means I was getting it four. four, four, maybe three and three quarters, right? And they're like, "Should we split a curlies?" I'm like, "I want my own curlies." So like, I always love that, but I love that sandwich and I love the simplicity of that. You know, griddled bun, right? It's it's soft, but the inside's still a little crunchy. You get that beautiful meat. But when you like pay attention to the ingredients, you know, you can create this thing that's gourmet. I, and I defy you like to eat like your aunt's roast beef right out of the <laughs> oven with whatever she's serving it with or this humble sandwich that just with a little, you know, little finer detail, a little yeah. more paying attention, it, it elevates it. And I, I learned that at at, at during those years, you know, that's what so, kind of really solidified my love. Is, obviously, you're known, you're the sandwich king, you know, man. I think a lot of people know you as that. But what is the key to a good sandwich? Dude, because I love a good sandwich. I know Chinch does too. But like, what's the key to a, a good sandwich? It's restraint. Right? <laughs> I get that. I do you know, get that. it really is. It's proper ratios. It's not like I can, I can put everything on this. You know, I can get a little nutty. I rather than, you know, overdoing it, you know, understate it a little bit, but everything you use, treat it well, right? Your bun, like how many guys, and I, and I say this all the time, this drives me crazy. We're right in the beginning of grilling season. You go over to your guys, all right? You bring the thought, you know, a 12 pack of the good stuff. You bring a bottle of brown. You're like, here we go. And like in exchange for delicious food cooked on his grill, because this guy's got the thing, he's got the new yeah, tools, yeah. he's got the custom, he's got the apron that he got off the internet and says something funny, right? He's got the dog, he's got everything, the golden retriever, he's got the whole life, he's perfect, everything's perfect. And then he makes this beautiful, he's, I'm gonna make Bert, I got these Wagyu, oh my god, I got them from Snake River Farms, they did, they cost me 300 for four patties, you're gonna die unbelievable he seasons them perfectly he grills them perfectly your friend with the apron you know what i'm talking about yeah. Yeah. You're like she's a solid floor to seven and a half you know what i'm talking about and she brings out the lemonade she puts little tito's everybody's happy and he makes you this perfect wagyu burger and then he takes the bag from the grocery store of buns right he takes the bag out and does two things puts this burger just right on the bun right out of the bag or he's like, I'm going to toast these buns, except the apron. <laughs> and he takes the buns and just throws them on the grill for what is always guaranteed six and a half minutes too long. <laughs> so then you're left with this beautiful piece of meat, right? Sandwich in between this roof scraping, crunchy, crappy, dry toasted bun on that stupid $8,000 grill of his. And then there's like a bag of chips and then like some sweaty mustard where it's squirting out water. And then the, the Heinz, fine, take it. And then like the relish, everybody's knuckle dragging in. You know what I'm talking about? Like some weeping like giant huts of tomato that are bigger than the Wagyu. And then you got the lettuce, which is just oh like a, literally a head of iceberg that you just do whatever you want. It's a bunch, you know, it's like a pack of orangutans that are just tearing at the lettuce. So you spend all this money, right? On this beautiful meat. Let the meat shine. But the 
The bun will, it's going to kill it every time, man. So, so treat, the, your, the, treat your bun as, as you would your meat. Why wouldn't you? I mean, 50% of the, 75% most of the time of, of, of the whole experience. So if you're making a burger at your house, I'm coming over. I'm the guy with the 12 pack here. Jim's got the Tito's. We're rolling in. We're coming to your house. What kind of buns are you, are you bringing for us? Well, I'm not, the buns are never touching my grill. First of all, I have a side burner or if you have a grill pan or a griddle pan, right? What I do before I, I put any meat on the grill is I'll take that bag. You can store them back in the bag of buns, right? I'm not sliding bag buns or, you know, it's, there's great ones out there. Right. So, you know, Hawaiian rolls, uh, uh, Martin's potatoes are all good. What I do before I make sure my butter's nice and room temperature and I smear the inside of those buns with that soft butter, keep them in the bag. Mm. So when it's time to go and the meat's resting, I take a flat nonstick surface like a cast iron griddle or a side burner with a nonstick pan. And I just do them slowly in batches and get them nice and golden brown on those inside uh, surfaces. And then you can lay them there and then put your burgers or whatever it is you're doing, you know, sandwich wise. But usually in, in, in another thing, another pro move, while we're on the subject of bread, <laughs> yes, you're doing this hot is wonderful. Dogs, this is right? wonderful. Yeah. Italian sausage, anything to help mimic that experience we love at the ballpark mm. of the, yes. you know, the guy with the gut in the shoulder straps in the fur <laughs> under the shoulder straps and those steaming hot dogs. He throws at you like, like you're a son of a bitch. So <laughs> what you do is you build the, the, you build the hot dogs, whether you grill them, steam them, sear them, and you put them in the bun and you put all the hot dogs Back in the bag, we call that the Chicago steamer. <laughs> and it sits there, and it's you could hold it, tie the thing, and then let those eight hot dogs in the bun steam within their own communal heat. Oh. And then you could plate them because you're doing the other buns on the griddle. Remember, I mean, it's, yes. you time it, but nobody's being like, "Oh, these hot dogs are <laughs> be hot. Everything's going to be hot," you know. But it's all about oh. the bread, man. Because steaming that hot dog buns are like built to be steamed. Oh, that sounds good. See, I'm learning. I'm yeah, writing this. I'm actually writing this stuff down. Wait, can you tell my next barbecue? I'm going to dominate. Wait, my can you tell the video, Emily, I'll send you guys a video where we're doing the Chicago steamer video. Oh, sick. Uh, it's uh, it's it's so simple, but it's just like so. All right. You, you, Emily's going to email it to you. Oh, She's great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So By the way, and, and can you explain to Sean crust to crust is a must, right? Yeah. It's Sean, your go to line. Do you know what that is? <laughs> When you're buttering something, whether it's a bagel, a bialy, a piece of, you know, country white that you're smearing with, uh, you know, the, that aioli you love to make, Sean, on weekend, whatever it is, you got to crust to crust is a must. You can't uh, don't just like plop it in the middle and, and leave the rest up to gravity and friction. Guilty. Guilty. I know. Guilty. That's why nobody likes you, Sean. <laughs> But come over. <laughs> I, know, I knew it was the bread. I knew it was the way I buttered the bread. I can spend all this money on meat all year. Nobody comes back. <laughs> I got this great beef. Are you kidding me? Uh, this free grass grass fed beef. That's, 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 expensive as hell at Whole Foods. No one's coming over. It's because I'm how I'm buttering the buns. It's how you're buttering the buns. <laughs> Simple oh move like that. <laughs> so good. <sighs> so good, bro. Jeff. First off. I don't know if I've ever smiled like this. I've ever laughed like this on a podcast. So I don't know. I'm I'm getting one of those little migraines, which I absolutely love. Because, but just so 
you, I, I heard that you have done some stand-up before you ever did Food Network stuff. You did some stand-up. You kind of meshed. It's almost like the perfect job for you, for you because you kind of took the culinary stuff, you know, the, the, the dominating valedictorian, the cordon bleu, all that stuff. And next thing you know, you did a little stand-up, and now you're crushing it on Food Network. What was it like doing stand-up? Was was that like a scary thing for you? I've done everything, right? I've I've done <laughs> regional carpet commercials. I did every facet of theater from third grade on. I've done second cities from the time I was oh no in, way in junior high grammar school up and through high school youth programs everything. I've done e- sketch comedy. I've written my own sketch shows. I've written like wow. everything. I've done every type of performing. I've been in bands my whole life. I'm currently in a band with all the bunch of dads in the neighborhood. We play out at bars and we're pretty good, but you know, we're not great and whatever. I love every minute of it. But to me, stand-up comedy is the hardest discipline out of all t- any any entertaining discipline. It's it's the most you have to you can't just dip a toe into stand-up. You have to dedicate your life to it. And I did it for years and I was doing many nights a week and open mics where you're literally just doing stand up for other comedians waiting to do stand up for no money and very few laughs. And you just hone your set and your skills. And, you know, I got to a point where I could do 20 minutes pretty well. And I never loved it. I because it made me, it was the, it was the first thing and sincerely the only thing I've encountered throughout my career, both amateur and professional that really brings like shuts me down and gives me so much fear, which I should probably tr- be able to transcend at this point and, and, and work through and fight. But I don't have the lifestyle to build a hour set by going to five open mics, you know, by five yeah, rooms. I mean, right. I could probably book myself places now and I don't have to like. But what I've realized is that all I do is stand up still. I'd say the same. I have a notebook. I have my all my bits. I just happen to be cooking when I'm doing it. And that was like that to me. That was, oh, why don't you just do more shit that takes skill? That's doing so this great. Thing, and your brain will be okay with it. And, and that's what I do. Like now, I've, I've, I, last time I did it was maybe like three years ago. And I, and I hosted, I called it uh, Jeff Comedy Jam. It was during <laughs> Chicago Gourmet Festival and with all this food and drink and I emceed it. I go up and I do five minutes. I go up and do 10 minutes, go up and do 10 minutes and then introduce the other comics. And it was okay. Like I did okay, but I can guarantee you I would have killed if I was, I just did a demo. Like if I made a, fuck, a roast beef sandwich, started <laughs> talking shit about Sean's horrible bread <laughs> idea. <laughs> So good. I mean, right? I mean, but that's like the big differentiator in my brain was okay, I'll just cook. And and I always did professional, like I always made my money cooking, not doing stand-up. You know what I mean? So, like for me, this was the skill that I always loved and I was extremely passionate about, obviously still am. So I knew I never was gonna be the best chef in the world, right? Michelin starred. I didn't want that. I didn't want to work in a restaurant nights and weekends. You go to two, you know, two ex-wives, kids that don't like me, substance. You know, I mean, this is right. it's a hard, hard it's world, true. you know, without especially if you want to do other things. Right. It's really all you have to really dive deep into that. I was never to be the best chef. I was never to be the funniest stand up or comedian in the world, but I could be the funniest chef in the world. Yeah. 
So where, where can that happen? Like, what's the, what's the platform for that? And that's food network. So, you know, I set my sights on that after we sold the deli and I was in Tony and Tina's wedding, which was a big show in Chicago for many years. And I was in that for the whole, all, all four years that we had the deli. So I'd make sandwiches during the day and I go do this Italian American improv comedy <laughs> wedding uh, at night, you know, six, seven shows a week. So I was like, wow, I cut my teeth from the time I was 21 to the time I made it on television after four tries on Food Network Star, four auditions without making it. I finally, you know, that was when I was 30, 31. So yeah. 32, <clears throat> know, 33, who knows? But that, that, what is so hard about improv? I think it's like people try to be funny so much at improv in that. If you go in being like, I'm going to be so funny in this scene, you can't, what you have to do is just learn to communicate. And, and it's, it's like the fundamentals of improv are so there, there, there's systems, there's different methodology and philosophies of improv, but it really comes down to being positive and communicating with whatever it is. And uh, I just worked that muscle from very young and I love it. Like it's my greatest superpower. I think it's not just making people laugh, but like being able to be quick off the cuff. You yeah. improv you know, on the kitchen every time. Your one, your one liners. If I miss it or Jess, my wife loves your shows too. Like she'll be like, did you hear what Jeff just said? And I'm like, cause you'll say it like under your breath or something like, yeah, Katie oh, never wanted to do oh, that. Yes, with that. Thank you sure. for that. That's great. Dude, I'm dead serious. We will stop the show, Sean. And, and she'll be like, whoa, 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 come in here. You got to hear what Jeff just said to, uh, to Sonny. And he'll come in and you'll say it. And sometimes they're not even paying attention to you. No. We fall on the freaking ground laughing. I'm not kidding, dude. That, that, well, I'm dead serious. You. I mean, a lot of them are kind of throwaways. And I think that's over the 10 years, almost 10 years we've been doing that show. It's like you learn a rhythm, right? It's give and take. It's waiting your turn. It's not hitting them so much with zingers. It's being sincere while being educational, while being warm, but also busting balls in, you know, offhand comments. But you should hear the 50% of the stuff that doesn't make it on the air. I'm the most cut man on Food Network. That is a guarantee. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's great, dude. That's like my whole life. I was a class clown. You know what I mean? And now I could say, honestly, I get paid a decent amount of money to be one, you know, and that's what's beauty, beautiful about that scenario, you know, that uh, about the kitchen and having all, you know, the, the, the dynamic there. It's just a lot to work with. Yeah. Take a talk about that a little bit, the kitchen, because there are so many good personalities on there. And how do you, how do you manage through the way? Like, you know, when to share, when not to share, you know, who's going to be the star of this show. I, uh, you know, we, I think we just gotten in such a great rhythm over the, I mean, we've done, we celebrate our 400th episode. Wow. Wow. Um, or was it 300th? Was it 400? Thank you, Emily. It was <laughs> Both 400 <a> <laughs> episodes in like nine years, not even nine, little over nine years. It's a lot. Um, I only missed one episode too, because I had to go shoot another show and the network pulled me out of it. But uh, there you go. That's it too. The network, <laughs> the, the network needs you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, I got to listen to the network. No one can bust my balls. But, uh, you know, it, it's fun. You get in a rhythm in, in, in there's every, every, you know, you, and I'm the first to say we're all, we will all admit this. Nobody likes all of us. I mean, and I don't mind being that guy that you don't like or that, but you still watch because 
even if I'm obnoxious, which I can be, you're going to like three of the other ones. You're going to really have great takeaway, you know, inspired recipes in good conversation. So people watching like every reality based show, you know, you can't even watch these shows to make fun of them. But yeah, I get to sit there live and make fun of all my (laughs) Well, if you're doing 400 episodes, that means a lot of people are tuning in and you guys are doing a lot of things right. I know being on that show, I, I left with that experience saying, wow, there's some really good people there. And I know you're not doing 400 episodes without, you know, loving what you do. Yeah, no, we, we, we're all lucky. And we always, we, we say it every run and we spend, you know, a week together now and we do two episodes a day and we're always, we're so grateful. We're, it's not like nobody's not grateful for that show. Nobody thinks like, oh man, I don't need this. No, we all need it. We all want to do it forever. And with that as our foundation, I feel like we will do it forever because that just instantly translates on camera. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Speaking of doing it forever, you have an awesome, awesome podcast with your sister, Emily, who's there right now, which is awesome. (laughs) And and you guys, it's been almost two years you've been doing that podcast, right? Yeah. Are we at 100 episodes yet, Em? We're uh, like 80. 82 almost 100 but yeah two I, well, we celebrate our two-year anniversary uh emily comes from a tv background uh she's been in production for many years she's a trained uh, audio video editor all this stuff and and immensely creative so at the start of covid like a lot of yahoos are like we're gonna do a podcast because we're gonna be uh, one 187 million dollars from spotify so I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a hundred and twelve dollar microphone from Amazon, and I'm gonna plug it in, and we're gonna do a podcast, and it's gonna be about guess what? Nothing. <laughs> so it started as like an idea, and we were doing it remotely during when we were like everybody's quarantined and all that bull crap. I was in my basement; she was in her studio apartment. And because uh, she's not uh, nearly as famous and affluent as I am, <laughs> an international star of television, John. So I have a basement. She's got a studio apartment. She just upgraded to a two bedroom in Lincoln Park. No, oh, yeah. Good job, Emily. Roscoe Village. Sorry, Roscoe nice. Village. I knew that two bedroom now. We're all proud of you here. I'm- <laughs> we started this, and it just like worked. And then. I started writing songs for it and in one song, an episode became three new songs, an episode. And so I like wrote like a hundred songs over the course of two years for this dumb pod. Like, but we put so much effort into it and we rarely had a guest on, like we've had like three guests that weren't our family. We made it just kind of a glimpse into my life. And, you know, I'm not saying it's like the most entertaining life, but I come from this big boisterous family and everybody's got an opinion and everybody had their own segments and we talk about what we're eating, what we're watching, what we're yeah. cooking, what we're complaining about. And it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's great. And people seem to dig it. So we keep doing it. In, and you got some teaching moments in there. It's not, you're not just it's, throwing gags. I've learned a lot from some of the, the stuff you're doing, you know? I mean, we just did like an hour and 15 minute bird or so all about birds. Oh, yes, so, <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. Um, you know, we've, we've <laughs> like, you know, we, we are having uh, Jody Sweeten on this. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, today. She, so got- she was one of my contestants on Worst Cooks in America, which just mm-hmm. uh, uh, we had the finale two weeks ago, which was one of the shows I was just hosting with Ann Burrell, which was a gas. It was the 90s celebrity. So edition. great. It was so great. 
I won't say funny. who won yeah. or lost, but dude, dude what, what, that show is so good. Like, what do you love about Worst Cooks in America? I just think it's so quirky, and they 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 <laughs> yeah. they, uh, they own it, and they know it's funny, but they take the food very seriously, which is good for the viewer to not just sit there and be entertained, but also learn something. And these contestants, as we call them, recruits, really, really try very hard, and they want to win at the end. Yeah. And uh, you know, if, if 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 I don't want to spoil too much, if nobody's watched there, you can right. watch it. You could probably binge it on Discovery Plus now. Um, but it to me is, it was like they unleashed me. I mean, I'm wearing like a you know superhero muscle body suit. <laughs> yes. that's in like that show's perfect for you, vendors. dude. It's perfect for you. That's a great yeah. show for you. But you know, if you know Chef Amberell, right? She's very, yeah. she's she's oh. quirky and wonderful and lovely, but she's serious. She's like Ooh, the road rules guy, man. Woo! Like she will call you out <laughs> if you hold your knife wrong, if you don't heat up your pan enough, if you make a stupid mistake. Which it's called worst cooks. It's literally stupid steak after stupid mistake. She's like rough, you know. And I'm a little, you know, uh, but. Her personality and mine gelled so well because a we're we're real friends in real life. You know, we socialize outside of work. We talk all the time. We I went to her wedding. It, all these things. Uh, so I was almost like a, a you know a comfort animal for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. I everything with the, you know the red vest, and she pet me, and I'd be like you know calm her down, which I think was good because you know you got to have that good cop bad cop deal there. I think that's what makes it so entertaining. <laughs> so great that's so great going back to your family and at, at, at the at the morrow thanksgiving who's cooking what's going on what, what the, who's who's watching football who's not cooking who's lazy how's the how's the dialogue well i'm my wife sarah and i are definitely cooking um <laughs> this year we did thanksgiving and christmas eve two giant like the two biggest holidays we did which are, if you look at a calendar, Sean, I know you have no room on that wall for a fucking calendar, but if you did, <laughs> Hugger's got bleachers, dude. I don't. I don't. Other couch. That thing is deep, too. That's a deep couch. It's like right, a 70s on. porn couch right here. Look at that thing. You can make, six people can make love on that at once. Um, so, if you, so that's a month apart, Sean, an American month apart, right? Thanksgiving. And so we were maxed out, but we put a ton of effort into it. We love building these menus. Um, Thanksgiving, right? We keep somewhat traditional. We always do a pasta and stuff. But in our house, everybody does, for the most part, pitch in, especially setting up. They'll come. Can we come early and help set up? Yeah, of course, whatever. Can't, you know, people help, but, you know, clear the table, do the dishes, uh, all these things uh, that, you know, we, we were tell, like we were raised with that. You know, I see some of these kids, they don't have to do nothing. Like we had to <laughs> bust the table. And we were done. We had to clean the kitchen. We were done. And I always had to shit and we were done. So I would say, see ya. I got to go poo poo in the potty while everybody else is on uh, elbow deep and gone. I'm like fucking on my third article in uh, highlights from Maxim. Oh my God, so good. <laughs> you know, it's unbelievable to say it. There must be one of those in every family. Oh, my dude. son Jake always had to take a shit every year. I'm like, 
I'm like, where's Jake? Oh, he's taking a crap right after we have the 17 pounds of dishes piling up. Know, right? Jake's never around for, for any of it. It's unbelievable. He's got a healthy GI tract system. <laughs> it's un- it runs right to- through. That's good. It's not clogging up. <laughs> one time I said, Jake, you're going to have to just poop your pants. This is ridiculous. Like, I can't believe. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if that's child abuse, dad. but yeah. <laughs> Just crapping in your kitchen, yeah. right down yeah, the cargo un- cargo pan. <laughs> That's unbelievable! Oh my god! Speaking of of friends, I, I I dude, there's so much interest here. But Sebastian Maniscalco, I believe, wrote the forward for your book. Is that am I have that yeah, right? It's very true. Yeah. Yeah, and dude, I just went and saw him a few months ago, and he, you know, you were you were saying how twenty minutes doing stand up—that's tough. If you nail twenty minutes, bam, as a stand up, you're nailing it. I was crying, laughing for an hour and a half, and I thought to myself, man, how does a guy like that do that? You know, what do you like your relationship with him? But also, like, why is he so good? Well, um, you know, it all started for us because he's a a, a Chicago Italian American. <laughs> <laughs> with a story to tell that resonates with my story. Um, and there's not much, there's not many of us, you know I mean? Like the, the Hollywood in television and movies is filled with Italian Americans, but they're all East coast, right? They're all, right. you're going to see the New Yorkers, the Brooklyn, the Bronx, the Staten Islands, the even <laughs> Phillies and stuff like that. Like it's like primarily East coast. So it's like when we get one, that's from our city. It's like, oh my God, he talks like us. He's yes. got, he got the bits. So I was like, this guy, I need to, I need to meet him. And so it was early on and he was playing the Chicago theater. And I, I went backstage, you know, I, I called in a couple favors, couple favors yeah. the Chicago way and brought my siblings there and my wife. And we all got to chat with him backstage and we became friends after that. And I'd like, we talk and he come to the city and we'd hook up and I'd see him in the airport all the time. And we were both kind of, you know, hustling hard at that time. This was, he's probably on a PJ now. I'm pretty sure of it. So I'm still not there. I'm still, yeah, absolutely. I'm still sitting in 42B by the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> just in case, just in case the dishes are in the, are up there. <laughs> it's cleanup time. Um, so, no, I'm kidding. I fly business class. Thank you very much. Yeah. 70% of the time, Sean. So we, uh, so, so we friends and like, and then I was writing this book and, and it was, you know, the, the, the title existed before the book, before the podcast, I just come on over. It was my agent's idea because we're sitting there and it's like, I saw, you know, it's like the phone call, right? And if you look at the cover of the book, it's obviously still for sale. You see me on the, with an old school analog phone with the curly cord and it's at my ear. And, and I feel like it's a very powerful statement, right? Come on over. Right. Once you say it, it's like, fuck it. We're doing it. You know what I mean? Like we're in it. I don't care. And then the ants come over and then the sit- <laughs> and that just reminded me of one of Sebastian's bits where like nobody wants anybody. Com- over. Company, oh, right? my God. When the doorbell oh, rings company. now, forget about it. Get the sword. <laughs> right. So I wanted to hearken back to the days where, you know what? And it was I wrote the book during, co- you know, during the quarantine and we shot it. We shot the, all the photography the 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 last week of life right like that march whatever (laughs) like my photographer was there he's from new york one of my other guys from new york my girl lisa was there we're all like hunkered down in this i rented an airbnb we shot the whole book there for a week 
like every day it got worse and worse. Like no toilet paper, <laughs> shutting down the school street, no airports. Fourth day was like, everybody's dying. Fifth day, there's a fireball, you know, six days. Like you're dying on Tuesday. It's so like, we're like trying to shoot this thing. And come on over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, like nobody's going anywhere. It was like, we're like, we needed to do this book. Cause we knew by the end of this, all we'd have this record of not only that time, this kind of yearbook, if you will, but people are, it's, it's net. I don't, it, it might ebb and flow. People might get a little more, you know, uh, uh, introverted at times uh, as a society, but we always come back to that, man. We like, we always need communal. Some people don't, some people love, love their house and their couch and their smelly room with the wrappers and the towels, <laughs> and the dog toys and the papers and the boxes. And then the bowls of ice cream, they'll still sticky though, but you still see a couple of chips on them. And if you pick it up, it's like this, the spoon sticks to it. So that's fine with me. But, you know, I knew with this book that we had, you know, when the book would be published, which is, you know, takes a year and a half, sometimes two years to publish a book, we'd be out of the weeds. and It would be a perfect time. So during that time, I was like, I called Sebastian. I was like, hey, man, do me a solid, write the forward to this. And he's like, of course, man. So, you know, we're friends and I saw him this tour and I got to have dinner with him and his family and. Uh, you know, he's a good guy and it just, it's, it's a testament to this city, I think, and the people that make it the old fashioned way, you know, without, listen, I mean, I did, I won a reality show, but I built my skills in order to get it. It's a skills based right. reality. Probably. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't sucking face in a hot tub in Jersey. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> legitimately like chinch. work stuff out, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> you did it. I knew that's, it. That's how Chinch made his way to the top. Yeah, exactly. Sucking his sucking face in a hot tub of jersey. <laughs> Hard way. Or the easy way. That's fence. <laughs> but yeah, you're like he's a good guy, and there's like not a lot of, you know, I mean, there's and this is the thing. This is why I live in the same neighborhood I grew up in, and that's why I'm raising my son in the same neighborhood I grew up in. I, I believe it's important from a from a father family stability standpoint, being around family, being you know, game good and bad that the family comes with a big family and the, the, right. you know, the amount of effort sometimes that takes, but also, uh, there's, I don't have to go to like LA and shoot a movie for three, four months. You know, I don't have to go to New York and shoot Monday through Friday, every single week. Like when I go shoot, it's sure. I travel most of the time, once a week, somewhere for a couple of days, sometimes I'm gone for three weeks, but I can do it all and still maintain my home here and my home base because it's an easy flight out east but yeah. the travel the anxiety of all that the hardships uh you know do not outweigh the benefits of 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 being in in my neighborhood but by the way speaking of that we saw your son lorenzo doing some bunny hops on his bike the other day yeah, and so he kind of he ate it is he okay dickhead <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never hear you say that when you're doing when he's on the food network. You think I was like, first of all, I knew he was fine. Uh, I saw his elbow. I go before on the picture. I was like, this kid is just going to be in pain. You know, he was fine about it. And I'm sorry, I'm not a dickhead. But you know, we were we've all been 13 year old boys doing bunny hops yes, in the rain. Yes, yes. Well, you know what pissed me off the most was that he had his helmet, and his helmet was on because it was wet because it was raining. When his bike was locked up at school, he didn't put the helmet on. Oh. The helmet was hanging off the handlebars, which probably oh, had something shit. to do with him tripping up anyway, which is ironic. You know what? It's like, I didn't wear a helmet. I'm sure, you know, 
none of you guys wore. I mean, listen, I'm not. No, listen, we were never. cool back then. We didn't need helmets. But people <laughs> are assholes now. Everybody's looking at their phones. Nobody's paying attention. Tenfold, probably. I don't know if that's a scientific stat, but you know, I wanted to kill him. Like, and that was the first time. I mean, my son <laughs> broke his femur, like shattered his femur three years ago. Not doing anything athletic, mind you. He was running the mile in gym class. I'm not even lying. It was like the, se- the first week of school, the first time they ran the mile. I'm like, you know, I would try to get out of the mile. This kid actually broke his leg to get out of the mile. He got the mile genetic. We got a call, and he's like, it was the, the school. was like, oh, my God, we think your son broke his leg. You got to get here. We get there. It's ambulances. It's boom. You could see one. You know, it wasn't a compound, oh. but you could see where the bone was about to protrude was about to break the skin in two different places on his femur. So the thing was like two bones going X two different ways, screaming in pain, like horrible. And then we're like, what did he fall up? Was he climbing the trip? Like nothing. It just shattered spontaneously. Uh, so now what? we're like taking him and now we're like, as parents freaking out, he's got bone cancer. He's got yes. uh, osteoporosis, dude, everything. Right. And you yeah. hear these horror stories and this is how it starts. And it's oh. like, they don't know until they, cut him open and, and yeah. do a biopsy. So I mean, it's like two days of hell. He was, scr- I mean, screaming in pain while they were trying to just mobilize his leg, you know, in the ER. It was horrible. This, he scraped his elbow. I'm done. I gave all my credits to the broken femur. <laughs> the thinking he's got, you know, leg cancer for, for 48 hours. Oh. I've got nothing left. That's why I had one kid. I'm done. I've got nothing. So when I hear he's, he hurt his elbow and we got to take him to the ER, I'm like, Fuck, what, am, what about dinner? <laughs> what about the- Rub some dirt on it. Rub some dirt on it. It'll be it was fine. so nasty, though. Dude. It looked like a zombie bite. You know, it was like that tendrils hanging off it, like muscle. And he was oh, never crying. He was like a little shaken up. His whole body was scraped. But, you know, what? like, listen, I, I, I guess I'm ashamed of myself as a father for having that reaction. I was like, dude. Fuck to man. You're like, what's the matter with you? You know what I mean? I go, it's the last week of school. We're going on vacation a week from Saturday and you're doing bunny hops like you're auditioning for the fucking X Games, Mr. Hawk. You can't even throw a baseball, bro. When did you become an, an extreme athlete? 720. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, I'm just glad he's okay. We're all glad, he, we're so all he's, glad he's, he's okay. Wait. He had the sling on. He's like, Dad, can I borrow your sunglasses to take him to school? Look, I look cool. He threw the shades on and he went. Oh, my God. He did. So he great. I can't, man. It's too oh much. <laughs> so great. So, dude, one of your newest ventures, which I want to talk about, is Morrow Provisions, which I think I want you to kind of get into it for us. But it's like a one-stop shop, all the best meats in the country you can get, and you're going to deliver it to us, right? Sliders, sausages, hot dogs, yeah. all that stuff, right? It's uh, it's We're, we're almost we'll, – we'll celebrate uh, – we're almost two years into our anniversary – Wow. We are uh, we we have a bunch of retail locations, wholesale locations. But what it is, it's all the food I grew up eating, all my favorite sandwiches, done way better than anybody else has done it. From the meat to the bun to the cheese sauce to the rubs, delivered right to your door in two days. And um, wow, Emily does all our social media and content creation and all that. I have a, a partner, and that's it. I'm like at the office every day. It's my name. It's my baby. I have no investors. <clears throat> Work it day to day. We grew from the basement to uh, a one office to a packing facility in like, you know, our big hitter is the Chicago style Jardinera, which is not known in a lot 
of cities. I was trying to teach uh, Sean how to say that word before we came on. Today. I know. I wish I was wearing like our Nera shirt. I'm going to send you some stuff. I'm going to send you guys both stuff, but just because we phonetically spell it on our shirts, our moral provisions, Jardin Air. Uh, I love it. For simpletons like dumb, dumb Casey's. <laughs> Dude, I was like, I was like, I, I got a chance to go. And I was going to say, I'm like, and Gardinarius, Gardinarius. <laughs> you know, it's with my platform. It's my goal to kind of educate. Yes. It's a really great, pepper product packed in oil it's fermented it's pickled it's like we put it on everything in chicago pasta eggs sandwiches salads everything so i'm just trying to use my you know national uh, you know uh exposure to show the world how great of a food product this is and low calorie and just like awesome and like punches up everything so it started with that and we got four different kinds then we got the meats and we got the italian beef kits and we just came out with our uh, a slider uh, sandwich slider kit, which has the sli- the Hawaiian buns, which oh. has our Taylor Street cheese sauce, which is like the funkiest, creamiest cheese oh. sauce you can ever imagine. You got the petite fillets that you you it comes with our black powder rub that you can just sprinkle that black powder rub, give it a little pan sear or a little quick sear. Boom, boom, boom. My seventy five twenty five Jeff blends burgers, which is you can't normally Chuck eighty twenty. I go right. 5% more fat, 75 yes, points. Yes. Yes. You can yes. drink the burger with a straw. It's so juicy. <laughs> yes. Oh, my god! You gosh. get everything you need in there. And I don't know. I just love coming up with these ideas of like, it all starts with what do I eat? What do what I grow up eating? What do I want to eat? You know, yeah. and as long as I start there, it's got my name on it. This is, you know, it's something I, I care. Extreme. It's not just me putting my name on a product and selling it. It's so much more than that i'm so proud of it and our customer response over the last couple of years has just been amazing because we're keeping it organic we're keeping it small and controllable so we can really focus on quality and consistency dude where can our listeners and and chinch and i where can we where can we go uh, order no, that listen, stuff? chinch and you i got you what I'm going to do is mail you a hard 5% off certificate. <laughs> Listen, but in order to activate it, there's a little silver thing. You got to scrape it with a coin. And if you line up six little jars of Jardinera, you win. One in 10,000. I don't think you win the Jardinera. Made money here, but you can go to moralprovisions.com. That's M A U R O provisions.com. But or check out my IG page. Uh, but yeah, man, we're you know, I'm hustling. I'm I'm, I I do a lot. Uh, it's 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 I I I get sick of my 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 you know, the shtick a lot, but everything I do, and this is over two decades of try engineering, and I really do love you know, there's certain things that you, that come with the territory that is just like a chore sometimes, but man, for the most part, everything I get to create something every day. And that's why I tell my boy, it's like, you know, be nice to people, be kind, move your body exercise, but also try to create something every day. It really does oh. activate a part of your brain that you don't tap into. Yeah. Automatically, awesome, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Well, we've created something to end our show. We call it nine and 90 chase throws out nine questions. I'll answer it with a really quick hitters and I'll go first. And then you come second. Okay. Yeah, yeah, then, All, right, there we go. All right. Beautiful. All right. Ready? <laughs> Jeff, was that you? No, it's oh, Jeff. Yeah, that was I didn't know if you can hear. Yeah, we can hear it. Line it up. 
Do you use those on your podcast? Ever? I never. I, I don't. I got this one. You hear that? We haven't. I just, every time Emily opens her mouth, I hit her with this. <laughs> That's good. We haven't really dove into ours yet. Oh, I got this. Like a, no, I, she's, I was just complimenting you the whole time. Because <laughs> might. You no. get to talking to the mic. Oh, that's all right. I get, tell <laughs> Emily I got her back. Casey Casey beats up on me, too. We're, we're the production <laughs> people. Yeah. All right, here we go. Sean, you ready for the first one? Yeah. Hall of Fame baseball broadcaster Marty Brenneman here. It's time for 9 in 90, the most ridiculous segment in all of sports. Oh, this yes. is tough off the bat. Six-foot hero at, like, a garden party, okay? We're going to do it yeah. four ways, broken into fours. We got the Italian combo, American. We got a chicken cutlet. We'll do a veggie. Or we can do it a caprice. You can only take one sandwich, Sean. Which one do you take? Uh, I want the chicken cutlet. Mm. Like, if it's if it's done really well, right? With a little Parmesan on top. Yeah. Am I doing this right? You guys are Italians. I sound Irish right now. Yeah. With a little sauce on there, you know what I mean? I don't know if they put like sauce that. on a six-foot gear. Let's just screw up the bread. Yeah, there you go. What do you got, Jeff? I got that uh, caprese. I like the fresh mozzarella, mm-hmm. fresh oh. basil, tomato, maybe some sun-dried tomato, a little yeah. oil, vinegar, <sighs> maybe a little balsamic reduction. Yeah. To me, that's like a great starter. I mean, you know, I'm going to work through the other three feet of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll start with that as yeah. the appetizer. I like that. One thing I kind of I, I hate that I do, but I'll do it. If you get somebody leaves that uh, that American out, and you kind of see you kind of see that American cheese kind of mm. turning weird. Everybody. That's the best time to eat it. As far as if, if, if the overhang of the American cheese fuses <laughs> yeah. at the bottom slice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do I go in? Has no. it been four? How many hours has it been? <laughs> exactly. You know just I mean? figure it out. See if what happens in a couple hours. Okay, next one. First to go. Let's go. People get a little tuned up and then go in the <laughs> yeah. second round. And like, oh my god! Oh, eat it this from the corner. Right from the- like, they start there. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Sean. Other than hitting a baseball, and Jeff. Other than all of the stuff that you do, can you give us a hidden talent that most people don't know about you, Sean? A hidden talent? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I. Uh, I, I, t- I, too, like to cook every once in a while. Not like mm-hmm. Jeff does, but my hidden talents, I could go all week and cook you up something real nice every night. There you go. Love That's that. Great. Ooh, uh, pommel horse. I was, <laughs> really, I do it every Tuesday and Thursday with the boys and just get, you get in a room, we, 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 we rosin up and we just fucking, oh, shit. Shit. we Kicked move away. <laughs> <laughs> That is improv right there. Pommelhurst, the word is the key. Sean, other than Morrow, pick your your favorite Jeff out of these. Bezos, Jeff Daniels, Jeff Goldblum, or Jeff Foxworthy? Ah... Uh, is Jeff Daniels the guy in Dumb and Dumber? Yes, he is. And yeah, I, I, like, I, like Je- I like Jeff Daniels. I thought he brought it in Dumb and Dumber. I like <laughs> what do you got? Uh, <clears throat> I would do... There's Jeff Daniels. Mm-hmm. Jeff, who are the... Uh, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Foxworthy. Bezos. Jeff Fox. And was the fourth one? Goldblum. Oh, definitely Jeff Daniels for sure. Mm-hmm. Best best shitting scene of uh, in all history. <laughs> yes. Not so to good. poach on your Dumb and Dumber reference. <laughs> 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 Very prolific and beautiful. He's been able to do every every facet of 
acting. But man, when he takes that <laughs> just, that 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 just yeah. milky, just shaving, just shaving, yeah. <laughs> just, it's amazing, amazing. Great job. All right, I'm almost halfway there. Case, you can only listen to music from one decade for the rest of your life, starting with the 1950s up till today. Here we go. What do you got? Uh, You're going I'm gonna 90s. have to go. I'm gonna have to go with. Listen, this is what I. I'm gonna have to go with the 80s because mm. in the 80s I get the late 70s. They kind of like meshed in there. You still got a little Journey. You got Led Zeppelin. You still got you know Leonard Skinner. And then in the 80s you had like some really good stuff going on too. So and then the, I love the hair bands at the end. Little Motley Crue, mm. Poison started coming 89. So I don't know, the 80s. Mm. Wow, uh, I'm gonna have to say the '70s. Ooh, yeah. You have, you know, Peak Beatles, mm. uh, Stones, uh, the band was Great Blues plus Hendrix uh, yeah. in his later years. You're right. Cream, all that stuff. I know. And then like you're right. You're some right. Of my favorite you're right. years like for the that. Grateful Dead were in the late, you know, '77 era. Yeah. I don't, there's so much. I, it's crazy. There's so much. Yeah. I mean, this is like the kids today don't have. Oh, you can throw, throw this decade, throw this decade out. I'm not even I'm including it. Bloody, <laughs> stupid damn shit they're listening to. <laughs> damn it. Sorry. Okay. Uh, what's a worse pain? Oh, this is a good one, and this kind of oh, no. goes back to uh, every but fear I had watching the worst cooks. What's a worse pain, Sean? Catching a knuckle on a cheese grater, or checking a finger? On a mandolin. Are you familiar with a mandolin, Sean? The thing that you slice that onion. Well, listen, it doesn't matter if I'm familiar with a mandolin at all. I've I've caught my finger on that cheese grater, and yeah. that is not that is not. It still makes me cringe right now to think about slicing my finger like I did on yeah. the cheese grater. But 100% agree with Sean in this case. The mandolin is a, usually a sharper, cleaner cut. Ah. Great. Oh my god! Like who's like who who's recently brought their cheese grater to like the yay old sharpener to get <laughs> right? Like it thing's been on there. It's like collecting rust. You throw it in the wash. It sits there on the cab. It's not tip top. So it's gonna be a really draggy, blunt almost. Right? It's easier mm-hmm. to. Like you want a sharp knife to cut you, a dull knife cuts you. It's jagged. It's way oh more God. painful, and that's like oh the most God. unsharp knife. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, a few more quick ones. All right, Sean, franchise sauce, marsala sauce, or saltamboca sauce. Well, saltamboca. Uh, I like marsala. I'm a marsala guy. I like marsala. I would. I would do the marsala as well. I love the this the, the fortified wine flavor. I love mm. a ton of mushrooms when it's good. It's unbelievable. Nothing beats homemade. Mm. We made it, I don't know, maybe a month ago, and it was like just the right amount of butter and right amount of wine and perfectly like caramelized, robust oh. cremini mushrooms. Like there's nothing when you dip it in the egg, you do a little pan. Fr- it's so good. <laughs> That's all you need. Talk I want to combine them all. Do like a franchise. Like, <laughs> like a Parmigiana, Marsala, <laughs> uh, you know, like all in one. Which is, it's got, all it is is just is like, you know, it got peas in it. I mean, it's like, every <laughs> yeah. day, she's like the same. At the end of the day, it's like, this one's got sausage. This one's got peas. This one's got a lemon wedge. Some poor guy in the back. You're like, I am not even like that again. <laughs> all right, two more quick ones here, Star. You can only eat this type of pizza, the re- or one type of pizza the rest of your life. <gasps> Chicago. Call it deep dish, I guess. Napolitan, mm-hmm. Sicilian, or Grandma. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I like all P. I, I don't. That's not okay. I just, I'm gonna crush that's all those, okay. and I'll just punch you right in the face so you don't ask me that question. I eat all the pizza. Oh, Sean's the boss. I'm yeah. such a boss. No I got one. 
There we go. <laughs> Tail between my legs. I would say Chicago thin crust pepperoni. Thin crust pepperoni. Mm, oh, mm. Not the thick crust, because whenever we go to Chicago, like, hey, go to Gino's East and get the, pe- uh, get the no, sauce on top. Good, good, it's good once in a while, but, uh, you know, weekly we eat our thin crust cut in squares. Great amount of mm. good cheese, good uh, grande uh, uh, mozzarella, uh, good sausage, good pepperoni, great crust, robust, crispy, thin. Forget it. It's my favorite. Dude, how, dude, how do you say so lean? Seriously, I'm not kidding. When I ask that question, how do you stay so lean? Uh, I work out a lot, and I, you know, and I'm, I don't even have a joke for you. I work six days a week. I walk the dogs twice a day, and I, I get after on the weekends. Uh, I don't drink during the week. Um, I love my pizza on Fridays, Saturdays. We go out. You know, like I have, I always carve room for my indulgence. Yeah, and that's what kind of propels me through a cleaner week where I'm eating, you know, a lot of lean meat, yeah. vegetables, and stuff like that. I stop eating at five thirty. I don't eat sometimes till next dinner. I'll do I'll intermittent fast a lot. Do fasting, um, yeah. I'll do that. Um, awesome. I've been doing that for almost eight years, so well, that, it's working well for me. Yeah, but it's I, working, man. I box and I run and uh, I play wow. tennis and I lift and I do everything. So. Well, great- that's how you. What, what Jeff's doing is how you can eat well, but still dominate yeah. life okay. and be healthy yeah. and be that's healthy. A great line. Keep treat your body like a temple five days a week and like a carnival on the other two. I've heard there you go. All right, last one, real quick. This is a scary one. Would you rather have someone see all the photos in your phone or have someone read all of your text messages in your phone, Sean? And then I'll let you all go. Uh, I'd rather have somebody probably uh, read uh, uh, see the photos in my phone because I, I don't. I don't have any crazy photos but my some of the text messages i send my buddies are probably very inappropriate <laughs> yeah i agree Sean. I'm, I'm right there oh, i'm changing my password on my phone. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like sneakers it's like downloading now i'm hacking into my brain Damn. oh my gosh no, no, Jeff, man. Like zero funny photo like i don't i mean i don't even i've been i don't even take off my shirt in front of my wife to take a shower <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude. Jeff, this has been so great, man. This has been our one of our best episodes ever. You have been so funny and so um generous with your time, brother. And we will be tuning in all the time for you. We will we will we're gonna go you don't even have to send us moral provisions. We're yeah, definitely no, no, gonna please buy send it. us yeah, we'll buy them. Everybody you can send them too. we will make it happen. We're so <laughs> grateful for that. But dude, we're very grateful for your time, man, and uh and just really really appreciate it, man. What a so what awesome. a great show. Thank well, you. thank you guys uh for the opportunity. It's great to be in the office and uh <laughs> Anytime, you guys, you guys need a, a, a last minute sub. Give me a call. <laughs> oh, Always, believe me, we're going to take you up on that, brother. Thank you. Tell Thank Emily. You so much. Thanks a lot, and good luck with the podcast. Yeah. Next one. Next one. Stop, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Sean's going to say to me when you hang up. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jeff. All right, Jeff. Dude, Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> How Dude. great, man. I'm so oh excited. Oh, my I, gosh. That was go awesome. Oh, man. That was That's awesome. A- what a great guy, dude. I mean, what a, like a creative genius, bro. Like how yes. funny he is, how talented he is with the food. I love how he said it. he got a shtick going. He got a demo going. So talented with the food, but so funny as a stand-up. And just a, like almost like a genius. Oh, Amazing man. how he's put it all together, dude. Yeah, I love the, the line where he said he was like, I couldn't, I just didn't like doing the comedy. I liked cooking, but I liked comedy. And he found, like I said, you if you're a 10-year-old to 15-year-old kid right now, you... It wouldn't be bad to try to be like Jeff Morrow when you grow up and try to have a job like him because, <laughs> like you said, he's like a jack of all trades 
and a master of some trades, you know, like exactly, and he's dude, funny exactly. as shit. Oh my oh god, my gosh, dude. <laughs> oh stop laughing gosh. the whole time. Amazing, uh, amazing, yeah. amazing, dude. Like my, I have a, I have a, I have a minor migraine right now. My migraine, like my temples hurt from laughing so oh hard. Oh my god, oh, I, like I'm the uh, envy of like my whole family right now. He's, I, I told you before this. He's one, dude. We watch, like. All everything this dude does, I watch. Me and Jess watch, and we laugh. The thing I said about real quick, the thing I said about where he does these little one-liners on the kitchen show, and it'll be like, you know, Jeffrey Zakarian's like one of the biggest iron chefs in the history of the world, and he'll just he'll just take a shot at him. Of course, they're good friends, but like everything yeah. he says on any one of those shows is funny. If you're not paying attention, you're like, you'll be like, wait a minute, what did Jeff say? He's so yeah. funny, so great. So, for dude, I, I I remember when I was on the kitchen with them, like he and I kind of struck up a little, yeah. you know, friendship, like. He was so nice to me and yeah. so kind. And, like, when you go on those shows, you're out of your element, dude. I'm a baseball player. I don't right. know anything about food network and all that stuff. I'm like, <laughs> there's nothing. He was so kind, and it was just such a cool show. So, yeah. awesome, dude. Oh, awesome show, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we're lucky lot, to have this, man. We never get to really meet a lot of people like that. And to meet him through this yeah. show, thank you to our fans for listening. Because, obviously, if you guys weren't listening... We wouldn't get somebody as big as Jeff Mara on our show, Exactly, right? man. Right? Exactly. So that was, that was a ton of fun. So keep listening to us, guys. We appreciate it. It's working. We're, uh, we're moving the needle <laughs> a little bit, but we need more. We need the needle to move a yeah. little bit more. So yeah. do us a favor. Download us, like us, and subscribe to us, and send some uh, five-star reviews. Yeah. <laughs> like, send help, send money, and send five-star reviews. I was going to say that. I, I, I went freaking dark on myself. I'm That's like, right. okay, We've had a busy day today. We've had a busy yeah. day. Awesome, bro. Right, I love cheers, you. Man. Love you, brother. Right, I'll see you. see you soon, man. See you. Yep. Cheers. Stay grateful, man. See you. Yeah.